0: Hi, welcome to Convos with the Euros. I'm Daniel.
1: And I'm Carla. We are a married couple sharing weekly conversations about God, family, ministry, and everything in between.
0: Welcome back to convos with the Euros. This is Daniel.
1: And I'm Carla. Yes, and we have <laughs> a special guest with
0: us. Carla, you want to introduce yes. our guest for today?
1: So we want to welcome Unique to the podcast. She's someone whose story has just inspired me even through our situation with Daniel as a young wife. You're going to get to hear her story in just a little bit. Um, but Unique had a very crazy situation with her husband. Um, who we were just talking about it, and he was given a small chance to live. But today, um, she's here to share a little bit of her story. She had uh, you had a baby throughout your process, which is just crazy, yeah. so unique. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining yes, us. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. So unique. Go ahead and just tell us, you know, very briefly what it is that you went through uh, in, in your situation.
2: Yes. So 2020 was a big year for us. Um, Just us as a couple overall, it was going to close a decade of us dating, of being together. You know, we were looking forward for so many things. Um, We were already trying to have a baby. Um, That was one of our challenges for months. Um, We kept getting negatives. And so finally, um, we got a positive. Um, So I came out pregnant found out Mm -hmm. in April, um, we bought our house, moved in, in, at the end of May and just 10 days after that, um, Robert had gotten into a car accident. Mm -hmm. Um, we couldn't find him for more than 24 hours because he entered into the hospital as a John Doe. They couldn't find his phone or his ID. Um, it was in the car, but they couldn't find it. Um, And of course, being in that situation, you look at life and you question so many things and being in the hospital, I remember them telling us that, you know, there was a possibility that he was probably not going to make it. Um, He was in really bad conditions, suffered two brain injuries on top of that. And so it's by the mercy and grace of God that we're here today, that he's here today. Um, He still hasn't fully been able to recover. He's still recovering day by day, but just trusting in God that, um, you know, he will do what it is that he started in him. Um, So clinging on him, um, trusting in him, and of course, dealing with all of that, plus with COVID going on. um, It's been really hard to have your loved ones really near, um, friends, family, your church, So it it was really hard to um, kind of maneuver in that year, but the Lord is good. And so we are here a year later um, and just thanking God for everything that he has done. Yeah, that is amazing. So I want to ask you because
1: throughout your entire process, you were, you know, posting updates on social media and um, we ne- we didn't really know each other uh, personally, but I-, I think I've had you on like Facebook for forever because our churches are kind of in the same area. We belong to the same district of the Assemblies yeah. of God. So that's kind of how I knew you. I think Daniel had yeah, met you in yeah. person a few times. So um, it was just inspiring to me just to see the strength that you kept, you know, and I know people see a side of, you know, and I I can say that from my own experience, people see a strength, you know, that, you know, the way that we post updates and stuff like that. But I want to ask you, what were some of your greatest challenges as a Christian? Like, was your faith tested um, in in your situation?
2: Yeah, um, definitely. I feel like so many times, especially when you're in the faith for so long, you kind of, everything kind of feels not like numb because you're still sensitive to the Lord, but everything becomes more of like kind of a routine. Um, You sing certain songs, you declare certain things and yeah. you don't really, you don't really realize what it is that you're saying. You know, when you're saying, Lord, have all of me or Lord, I wouldn't trade you for anything, or you're bigger than my fears and my problems, but when yeah. you're actually there, you know, do you sit there and really believe that? Right. And for me, you know, being in that situation, I think a lot of times I asked myself like, you know, Lord, like, did he give me this baby to, you know, have that only piece of him if you take him away, you know? And so those were the challenges that I faced um, without knowing the possibilities and the outcome of what life could bring. Um, But it was constantly, every single day, Um, one of the ways that I connect with the Lord is through worship, through music, through writing. Um, And it was constantly speaking life over myself, speaking life over my situation and really believing what it is that I couldn't see that was in front of me. Mm. Um, And it's easier said than done. You know, I feel like a lot of times as a Christian, you feel like you need to have like this front of like, oh no, I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm strong. Um, Without realizing that in your brokenness, um, God is going to work through your tears, through even your, your small doubt, because, you know, it's just that small seed that you need, you know, that muster seed that you need for him to work. And, Because it's so small, it doesn't mean that everything else is kind of covering in doubt or, you know, God, why? Um, And it was really refocusing myself and and recentering myself and basically like allowing the Holy Spirit to bring back everything in remembrance of all I've learned throughout my, you know, life growing Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Um, and making it become a reality not just something that I was knowledgeable in but it becoming life to me Mm -hmm. so um, so yeah it was really challenging I mean it's still challenging now um, just because I'm not in the hospital I'm not you know sitting by his bed Um, it's still a challenge every day you know because you really have to surrender um, and tell God you know you were the one who created me and you know my life from beginning to end and at the end of the day you know what's best and so that i will trust in right.
1: yeah definitely we had spoken to another uh COVID survivor she spent four and a half months in the hospital and we were talking about how this is such a long haul thing when you go through something like this and and a lot of people you know see your luck one out of the hospital and think it's, it's done. done yeah yeah but there's so
0: much more to it you know
1: Yeah, and especially you have the perspective that I had as a caregiver, rather than the one actually, you know, going through the illness or the situation. Um, So I wanted to ask you a little bit about that, like, have you encountered specific challenges as a caregiver? I know in, in our experience, a lot of fatigue, a lot of just exhaustion that's Um, the thing
0: right that's like uh yeah caregivers fatigue
1: yeah yeah that's something that we even get taught about in nursing school like caregiver fatigue and you know i in my mind i was kind of like you know just on my own personal journey i was like oh know, he comes home you know we're we're i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that a week into it i'm like i'm exhausted this is this is insane and then you have
0: extremely (laughs) (laughs) exhausting
1: very demanding no he he was such a good you're a good patient (laughs) But it is exhausting. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Can you speak a little bit into that? Yeah,
2: Yeah, I think that um, it's really hard in the perspective of um, you feeling the weight already as a wife um, and you being like, okay, like I need to do everything that I need to do possible for my husband. Um, On top of that, being new to the role as a wife. I mean, in the beginning, you're trying to figure out what it is that I'm supposed to be doing as a wife to care and love for my husband. And then kind of when you settle into things and you're like, oh, I'm kind of getting the hang of things, you know, everything just changes, you know, because Mm -hmm. you went from the role of the man being the head of the house and being the one to kind of comfort you and care for you and, and lead you to kind of you stepping into that role and you're like wait a second like I never prepared for this you know um and it was really hard because it was like wow lord like how like how can I step into in, into this role that I'd never explored and I mean I always love my husband like you know I've always cared for him and cook for him and you know do whatever it is that I needed to do to be there for him but it was so hard for me because I've always leaned on him. Um, I always lean on my husband, like emotionally, like, oh, I would go through something and be like, eh, like, I'm going through this, you know? And so yeah. it's really hard to be in yeah. the other side of things, you know, and, and to have to be strong on top of being pregnant and, you know, after having the baby. Um, it was really, really difficult. Um, but it was a process of learning to, lean on God rather on man. Um, And that was where my biggest challenge was, where, you know, in this season, I learned how much I was leaning on my husband for things and leaning on him physically, emotionally, you know, for whatever it is that I needed in life rather than doing it onto God. Um, But it's really hard. Um, People may look at you sometimes and maybe they might not. Maybe it's just you internally. Um, Like, I feel like, oh, if I don't want to, if i if i can't go to an appointment because i'm tired like do i look like a bad wife if i want to stay home and you started to sound like carla right now (laughs) (laughs) i i can identify yeah yeah and it's like oh if i want to stay home and i just want to watch tv like am i a bad wife you know I don't want to cook today because am I a bad wife, you know? And it's not things that people may put on you. You know, people may look at us and be like, wow, you guys are so strong. You're doing whatever you need to do for your husband. But I think as a, as a woman, as a wife, you know, someone who cares for her home and for her husband and her children, and her loved ones, I think it's, a it's a mentality that really, um, that really kind of blocks us, um, and puts us in a place of anxiety, of depression, of worry, Mm -hmm. of weight. Um, and so it's really hard because although you don't want to be in that place, you really have to fight against your flesh every day to remove yourself out of there and realize that, you know, help isn't bad. Like, and that was, that is still my biggest challenge. Like I am extremely independent. I'm like, no, this is my husband. I want to do it. You know, I've rejected help from family members and people who really love me because I'm like, no, I can do this. I want to do this without realizing, you know, that you're just going to blow up one of these days because it's really hard to do it all on your own. Um, yeah. And just knowing that at the end of the day, if you can't do something for the person that you love, it's not that you love them less or you don't love them. It's just, yeah. you physically just can't, you know, cause it's just a lot. Mm. Yeah,
1: I can. (laughs) He's looking at me because I can identify so much with that. And I think that's why speaking about this and being open about these conversations is so important because it's I think those secret battles, like I, I struggled with accepting help. Like you, I I consider myself very independent, leaned a lot on my husband for a lot of things. I think, you know, like, especially as an emotional support, I, my personality, I blow up so quick and he just stays so calm. So he's really my go-to person that I can just completely vent to and get the most calm answer Um, so during our season, it was so hard to ask for help because I felt like a failure. And I remember he looked at me, he's like, this isn't, you decided not to cook today because you didn't feel like it. It's literally, you're exhausted and we're going through it. So I can so, so identify with that. Um, not wanting the help because I, I just, I look I look a certain way and, and just having to weak. be humble. Yeah. Weak. I feel so weak. Yeah. So can, can you speak a little bit about that dependence on, on God? Cause like you, I, I didn't grow up in church or anything like that, but I, you know, came to, to the Lord at an early age of 14 and you get into routine after like 10 years of serving God where you're like, Oh, life is good. God's answered all my prayers. I'm blessed. And then, yeah. you know, stuff blows up and you're like
0: this wasn't supposed to happen yeah
1: like I I don't even know how to depend on God I thought I did but it's like a joke moment of I thought I knew what it meant to serve you and I thought I knew what it was to follow you but
2: not really so can you speak a little into that dependence on God what that feels like yeah I think that um it's really hard to express what it feels like um in a sense because I feel like everyone feels it differently but um I think it's more of a challenge for me to express it because sometimes it felt like he was there and sometimes it felt like he wasn't mm-hmm. um even though we always know that he is there you know there's no doubt that we cannot get through these seasons and and life in general without him being there right um, But it's really having to push through the mental barriers and saying, like, Lord, I know you're here, you know, Um, and realizing that at any moment in your life, you can acknowledge him and you can approach his throne. Um, You know, if it was in my closet, sometimes I would lock myself in my closet and just sit on the floor. It would sometimes be like while I was in the shower, it would be while I was in the kitchen and realizing that my dependence didn't have to be a physical thing, you know, for Um, like how would I explain it? Um, where I would like have the Bible in my hand, like 24 seven or be on my knees crying out 24 seven, but it was just the, the knowing that I can lean on him in a spiritual aspect, you know, even in my silence, um, with my tears, sometimes I just didn't have words, but I knew that he was there, um, knowing that he is my father. And sometimes I had to tell myself like, man, if my parents love me this much, and I'm looking at it in a physical perspective. If they love me this much and they're doing whatever they can to go above and beyond, how much more does right. the Lord you know, right. love me? And it was kind of learning to connect my spirit, my physical life, with my spiritual life because at the end of the day everything is all intertwined they're no two separate things mm-hmm. but it was learning to look at my sp- my physical life and connecting it to how good god is and how or how much greater he is like you know um for an example like i said about my parents If my parents are so loving and caring and are there how much more is the lord there for me right. you know and it was learning um to depend on him in that way and realizing that i'm stronger than what I actually think I am. Um, Cause sometimes we look at ourselves as females and I'm like, oh, I'm so emotional. I'm too weak or this or that. And so sometimes you kind of like make that a part of who you are and it's hard for you to believe anything else, you know? Um, and it's not saying that I don't need a man like oh I don't need a man it's not like this you know whole woman pride thing but it was really realizing like lord if I've said all my all these years that I've served you that all I need is you then all I need is you you know um whatever it is that life brings so yeah
0: okay what do you um because I feel like for me one of the biggest things (laughs) besides um Besides really trusting in God through this season, um, both in in the ho- in the hospital and out of it, um, one of, one of the things that kept me going was um, being able to be a person who could beat the odds. Um, that that gives me a lot of uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of motivation to be that guy, you know. Yeah. To be like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know they said I could only start walking you know in three weeks. I'm going to do it in a week and a half, you know, like that, that's, that's big motivation for me. And, um, and my wife is huge motivation for me to keep, that she kept me going throughout all this, not just with her encouragement, but knowing that I wanted to get back to a place where she could relax again. Um, That, that really kept me going. So for you um, in this season, what do you think has kept you, kept you going?
2: Um, seeing my husband fully healed and recovered, Mm. um, and my son, um, I mean, sometimes I will look at myself being pregnant and I'm like, Lord, why am I pregnant right now? Like, Mm. wouldn't life be easier if I wasn't pregnant, you know, um, I remember in the, being in the hospital or even after he got out the hospital and physically wanting to do things and people always try to stop me from doing stuff because I was pregnant. So I had that limitation um, and it was really frustrating because I was like, man, like how am I supposed to fully be there? Um, and even now after, after having the baby, like how am I supposed to fully be there while being a mom, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out this new role as a mom, trying to figure out this new role as a wife, as a caregiver. Um, And it was just, it was really looking at my family and my unit and saying, I have to get through this for them, you know? And not only for them, but the story that God is gonna tell through our family. Um, The testimony I know that we are gonna carry, um, the lives that I know Mm -hmm. that we're gonna transform. Mm -hmm. um, And that had to be my mentality. It was, you know, Lord, if I am here for the sole purpose of winning souls, then why do I care about anything else? Um, and so that for me has been such a big push, um, knowing that Lord, whatever it is that you promised over my family, I will come and see. Um, and so it's just been clinging on that. And, you know, although it's, it's been a process, it's not something that, you know, a miracle that's happened in an instant or, you know, something that has happened, you know, mom, like automatically. Um, but it's believing that, you know, whenever it is that this happens, like, um, throughout the process, throughout the journey, I'm just going to trust that, you know, you're going to get me through it. And that's what has pushed me to continue moving forward and to continue, you know, having the attitude and the strength that, you know, God has given me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, do you want to ask the next question about the ministry?
2: Yeah, because I, I,
1: um, had seen for a while that you were leading a dance ministry, correct? Yeah. and your local church and you guys get to do some really awesome and fun things. And I think when
0: at the events, the yeah, awesome a, party, a really awesome visit, uh, youth conventions. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: you know, when you're someone in ministry, it can feel like, and I'm speaking from my own experience, like, okay, I have to get back into the full swing of things. And I remember a few for like a, for a few weeks when we were back in, in ministry, I lead our worship team at church. My parents are the pastors, my sisters, the associate pastors. As a whole family affair. It's a new church. We've only been up and running for three years. So we're still building our staff. And I just remember it's been three years, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me, but um, it was hard. Yeah. Yeah, it was difficult. It was so hard because I felt like I could get back into being the worship pastor and back into doing everything. And kept hitting brick wall after brick wall of like, actually, no, I would go home crying from how stressed I felt at just the smallest of things, which I think it's so funny, things that didn't seem to be stressful before now turn into like,
0: big deals. um, I can't
1: get it done. And um, so I want to ask you, like, you know, are you back in ministry or, you know, how did you handle that situation? Because I had to have serious conversations, you know, with my pastors and say, like, I need a break. I I didn't think I needed a break, but even emotionally, I needed a break. And I feel like such like a failure. And they would tell me, "Uh, no, you've been through it. So um, I remember we just went to our AG um, National Convention and they had a whole segment about this, about when a minister goes through a horrible trial, do they stay in ministry or do they take the break? Like, what do they do? So like, I want to kind of ask you your take on it as someone who's been through it.
2: Yes. Wow. Ministry was one of I mean there was a lot of hard things The ministry was a hard one um i had been le- i had been leading in kindle for over 10 years um so it just felt like it was a part of me um and having to let that go um was extremely difficult i mean i remember like watching the christmas production and being in my living room with my newborn baby like crying because I was just so sad, um, you know, it was my first year not being in church for a holiday. It was my first mm. year um, not being a part of a production and it had nothing to do with, you know, the production. Cause there's been so many productions that I'm actually not even a part of, you know, but um, but not being there to support my team, to support the people that I love. Yeah. Um, And it was just really difficult. But one of the things that I had to learn is that ministry didn't um, define me and my position in ministry didn't define me. And, um, sometimes we feel so lost when we have to let go of something because we've kind of made it a part of our DNA. Um, and sometimes that's why they say like, you know, when your ministry, you have to be careful because it can become this idol and, and this thing that you find identity in. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, although you don't want it to be that way, it kind of just becomes a part of you and it just becomes that. Um, but Throughout this process, I remember um, being in the ICU unit um, with Robert and being in the um, in the waiting room, you know, how you have to wait in the outside and wait until they let you in and things like that. And I was like, wow, like, you know, I feel like I've lost everything, you know, and I remember seeing this woman sitting across from me and she was weeping like she was destroyed. Like it already had been a couple of days that Robert was there in the ICU and I felt an automatic conviction of go to her, go and and pray for her and come for her. And I asked the Lord, like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> <that> <laughs> now is literally fighting for his life. Like, you know, I need comfort. I need someone to come and embrace me, you know, because unfortunately, because there was COVID, no one was allowed to go upstairs with me. It was just me by myself for his wow. entire day. Um, And so I remember that I just gave in and I said, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm going to go to this woman. And I went to her and I started talking to her. Um, and they had shot her husband while he was at work. Um, and it was, through, through the head. And she didn't know if he was going to make it out alive. Wow. Um, I prayed for her. I gave her words of encouragement. I declared the word over her and, you know, and it's not for my glory, but it's to see how great the Lord is because throughout the rest of her stay there, as he went through rehab, I kept encountering her throughout the hospital in different wow. locations. Um, and she kept telling me how much the Lord had been had been healing her husband and things that she thought he was never going to be able to do how he was doing it. Um, and she always tells me, you know, I thank you so much for, um, for, for being that encouragement in my life and being there for me. Wow. But besides that whole story, the reason why I'm sharing that is because I realized that yes, it's okay to take time off to heal and to grief and to process. But if we really look at our lives as Christians, it's not what we can do within the four walls of our church and and ministry in that form, but realizing that ministry is everything in our life, you know, and I was, as I was thinking about it, it reminded me of when Jesus was in the cross in his greatest moment of suffering and he still pleaded out for his people Mm -hmm. and saying, Lord, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And it's like, how can you look at, at people and and in your suffering but still plead and cry out for them. Mm. Um and that's where I realized, wow Lord, like, you know, although I may not be under in Kindle, although I may not be under my church right now and you know not involved in ministry, what does the life of a minister really look like? And it's just really having the life of obedience and yes and amen, saying Lord, yeah. you want me to go pray for this person? I'll go pray for them. You want me to declare healing over this person, I'll go and declare healing over that person. Um, but it was really realizing that although I may be going through my suffering, I can't become selfish. Um, and I think that sometimes when you are going through trials, um, like I said, you can take time off because we need it. You know, we need time off. We need time to heal and 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 to recuperate. But in those moments, we can't become selfish, where we forget. The reason and the purpose of why we're here on earth. Um, So it's really, you know, um, really saying, Lord, I, I surrender all. And although I'm suffering, although I may have had to let go of what was ministry to me before one the greatest ministry is the family that you have given me and that is where i need to be and mm-hmm. two ministry is all around me 24/7 in my home in yeah. my family's home in the grocery store in the parking lot in a hospital room and a therapy location you know and it's just everywhere and if we're sensitive to the spirit you will be able to realize that mm-hmm. um that's why i said it's really hard to um i mean it's you have to remind yourself to not be selfish because that will then consume your mind and all of you to then take away what it is that God is actually trying to show you
0: right
2: yeah that was uh, a huge challenge for me because
1: I disappeared I mean I felt like I disappeared off the face of the planet and I lived in that hospital with him for months on end and it was very upsetting you know because I at one you know I I did want to be next to him but it felt so so isolating and at one point, you know, I wanted to come full blown into ministry because of what you said, it becomes your identity. It's like, but God's going to be displeased with me. And, you know, we had, he had to have some really, cause like I said, this guy right here, he is my, he advises me so much. And he had to be like, well,
0: would you say I'm wise?
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 he is, he is so wise. And he was like, you, you've you turned that into your identity. So I love that you mentioned that because I think as ministers, we forget that, you know, that, that God's love is not dependent on what we can do for him. In fact, he doesn't need us to do anything for him. All we need to do is be obedient in the season that we're in and give what we, what we do have, you know, like the Bible, you know, tells the story of those to um disciples who say you know we don't have a love but what we do have we do give to you so it's just about that so can you speak though into um and and we'll start closing off with this but can you speak into a little bit about the loneliness that sometimes we can encounter when we go through a situation like this for me i pushed people away because i kind of that's how i deal with you know being upset it's so funny because he tells me all the time that my default emotion is anger
0: It is,
1: and it is um uh, <laughs> like like if i'm going through grief i get she's angry mad. if even if when i'm excited she's i get mad, mad. like when you know hungry, when i'm angry. hungry i'm just like ah! you know All right. oh, okay. <laughs> so during our season i became very angry and then it started turning into bitterness and it wasn't a conversation with my mom when i realized that she tells me but it's your process and, and not everyone is gonna understand. And his mom even told me, someone who I was like, she she surely would understand what I'm going through because she lost her husband in her forties. And she told me, even I'm not gonna understand what you're going through. And I had to realize that it was my process. And so I, can you speak into that into how it can feel kind of lonely because other people don't understand what you're going through and how you can handle that?
2: Yeah, I don't think I've ever been so surrounded in my life, but yet so lonely, and yeah. it was the biggest oxymoron ever. Because I'm like, how can you be surrounded by so many people that love and care for you, but yet feel so alone in life? Um, and I remember I spoke to a great friend of mine in church. Um, I look up to her so much, and she had told me that a lot of times when we're going through certain certain seasons and certain emotions and things. Just because someone hasn't gone through what you've gone through doesn't mean that they can't relate to your emotion Um, because my form of grief is not your form of grief, but you can understand that I'm grieving and you can be compassionate in that. Um, And it wasn't until recently that I was able to understand that because I think that I felt so lonely when I felt like no one really can relate to what I'm going through. I'm like, yeah, you can say you relate to it but there's nothing like living in it. And there's truth in that. You can yeah. say, well, you know, um, I can relate to you in this, and this format, but at the end of the day, you won't fully be able to relate to me because, you know, like for an example with me and my husband, like, you know, although you may be suffering and in pain, but at least you have, you know, your husband who is Fully there in all of his senses and being able to support you in whatever way that you need. And so although he's here and it's been amazing and it's been great, um, it's also come with this challenges where you know what you were used to before, you no longer have. Mm-hmm. And so that in itself causes um a sense of loneliness because it's like, oh, this is foreign to me. You know, this is not what felt like home before. Um, this is not what I ever thought or dreamed of, you know? And so I think that, um, you know, going through through that phase of loneliness, um, a lot of people won't understand it. A lot of people will, con- that's why sometimes i would be like, I don't need you to tell me the word. Like, I know the word, you know, okay. it's just a process. Like, I just need to go through it, you know? Um, yeah and, and it's already hard as it is. Um, Plus while I was pregnant and after being pregnant and your hormones are crazy and you have a certain, you know, um, expectation when you enter into that new motherhood role and for it not to be like fulfilled. And, you know, there it enters into another form of loneliness. And so it's like, it's really hard because no matter what, like you literally try to submit your flesh and it's just something else in life brings this perspective of oh loneliness. And then you isolate yourself because I'm that same type of person. I don't like talking to people. I kept having to inform so many people of what was going on with Robert because um I just couldn't post it on social media anymore because they told me not to. Um and I had kept having to inform his family because they couldn't go into the room. I kept having to tell my family. And so it just got to the point of exhaustion that I just didn't want to talk to anyone anymore. I was like, I feel like I'm repeating myself. And even people who wanted to be there for me, I was like, I just don't want to cry anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like, so I just rather be by myself, you know, and cry by myself and go through it by myself. And so that's why the Lord reignited um, my passion for writing because When I was younger, I used to write so much, Um, and so it kind of reignited that passion again in writing and and seeking the Lord through that form and also healing through it. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes a lonely road. I mean, it's really difficult. I I I can just imagine. I always try to look at the life of Christ through, like, I try to look at through my life through the perspective of how life how christ lived his life and i'm like man you know i know that there was probably times where he was lonely and what gives me comfort is that i know that i serve a god who understands me in my loneliness yeah. and yeah.
0: one of the things that i feel like uh, has really we have had to learn in this season is to celebrate the small victories um i mean you have to because who, who would have thought i mean never in my life that I, I think that my leg going like this or my foot moving like an inch <laughs> yeah. would be a victory but it is now you know yeah. in in this season um so we have to really celebrate the the smaller things um and that was uh difficult for us to adjust to i don't know i'm saying us but i don't know if our, for me it was Not it was definitely. A, it was definitely it was um, it was something that was hard um but there's a lot of new things over you know, for us that are, that are coming up, um, regarding my health, um, new treatments that we're, you know, maybe pushing into, um, maybe whether it be health ministry, um, personally, whatever it is, what's new for you guys that, that did, you know, what's new over the horizon for your family?
2: I mean, one of the greatest things that I have been able to see, um, just in my husband's life is his, um, full surrenders, full surrenderance onto God. Mm. Um, I've always been in fine arts and worship. And so my form of worship is like, like, you know, an explosion, <laughs> like, like no one can contain me. Um, and my husband has always been very like to himself, like he would kind of like stand there, look around. Um, but really like after this accident, the Lord completely transformed um, his heart. Um, and his perspective on life um, I know that for us like one of the biggest things for us is being disciples that's one of the things that we're doing together now that we're going to start doing together as a couple um, for a lot of time I was kind of like separating you know me doing fine arts my own thing and him doing like his own thing um, and I remember my cousin asked me hey like what do you guys see yourself doing together and this was before his accident and I was like, honestly, bro, the only thing I can see us doing together is missions. Like, that's it. That's the only thing. Because I was like, when it comes to interest, like singing, dancing, like, we just don't click in a lot of those areas, even though he loves looking at it and hearing it. But I just knew that he was not going to wor- join a worship team, you know? Yeah. Um, so I always said, like, you know, I could really see ourselves doing mission. Um, it's been, so- it's been something that's been spoken over my life. I know it was spoken over his life. And here we are now. I mean, one of the things that when he got out of the hospital, um, that was one of the things he mentioned, like you know, I know the Lord is calling me for missions. And so when nothing else was clear in his mind, that was one of the things he kept repeating. Mm. Um, I know the Lord has called me for a mission. And so right now our season is just a season of preparing, preparing for whatever it is that God has for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what the future holds. So it's just, you know, Lord, I know what it is that I, what we need to do. And it's building our foundation um, and then building, you know, our, our, um, <laughs> our house and whatever it is like on that and so um it's getting discipled and just being lord you know i give my life unto you i give my husband's life my son's life and if you have gotten us out of this season and you have gotten us through it um why in life will i ever say no to you i just want our lives to reflect yes and amen and you know take us where it is that you want us to go. Where you go, I'll go. Where, where you stay, I stay. Where you move, I move. Mm-hmm. And so that's just been a declaration um, of my family. And knowing that the Lord at the end of the day is going to use our story to transform lives. That's good
1: yeah That's
2: good. so thank you so much unique um for joining us for sharing a little bit of your story yes we appreciate yeah. it so much thank you Thank you guys thank you it's so nice to see both of you both of you <laughs> yeah. um and Definitely. thank you so much for reaching out to me it's yeah. Been-
1: yeah Well, thank you so much you guys for listening check um unique out on her social she's just awesome about the beautiful i love your posts. they're so poetic i like i'm always like yeah she's like How do you look hey, she posted to this, to this. Because I, I could just identify so much. And I know so many other wives and moms can identify through what we've gone through. And I know it's going to be such a blessing to their lives to hear our conversation. So thank you so much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.